Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 112 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's mom. Today, I have the pleasure to speak with Alexis's mom, Melissa. Melissa is very early and raw in her grief journey. Alexis died only five short months ago, unexpectedly in her sleep. Their story is truly inspiring from the very beginning, when Melissa was 14 and became pregnant with Alexis. She says they sort of grew up together and that she really helped mold Melissa into the person she is today. Melissa credits her spirituality and faith in God to help her through all of this tragedy. I would invite all of you to visit Melissa's blog, alexisasmom.com, just so you can get to know a little bit more about them and their truly inspiring story. Before we get on with the rest of the podcast, I do want you all to pause and put a date on your calendar. That's coming up in just a little under two weeks, Tuesday, November 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. At that time, Gwen and I will be hosting another live stream event. You will be able to watch this event either on Facebook Live or on my YouTube channel. The topic for discussion that night will be preparing for the holidays and what you can do to try to ready yourself as much as you possibly can as we go through that really tough holiday season. Today, however, I just want you to sit back and enjoy listening to Melissa, Alexis's mom. Thank you so much, Melissa, for agreeing to come on the Always Andy's Mom podcast. I'm really looking forward to talking with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to, to sharing my story. So if you notice, those of you who are watching on video, Melissa is in her car. She is safely yeah. pulled over <laughs> and having yes. this conversation, but her house is full as they are packing for a little trip. And she knew she would get a little too disrupted if she stayed in the house. So there she is in the car. Yeah. Seatbelt on and everything, but no longer yeah. moving. So No longer moving. Yeah. But my mobile office. Your mobile office. That's perfect. Go. So we got it invited right into your mobile office. And we are in my dining room. So. Oh, okay. very nice. <laughs> Which can be an office for me today because there's no one home. So our homes oh, are quite different from each other right now. Yes, right now they are. <laughs> so why don't you start out by just telling us about your daughter, Alexis? I have looked at your webpage and learned a little bit about her. What an amazing girl. Yeah. So I'd just love for you to talk about her. Yes. <laughs> oh, she. Sorry. That's okay. I know. <laughs> It's, it's that opening question, right? Because I'm still, um, it's still fresh for me to be like, tell me about someone that isn't here, right? Mm-hmm. She, if you ever met Alexis, you would have enjoyed her. She was full of life and a very funny girl. From the time she was little, she was just a very easy baby. Easy, easy baby. Sorry. It's okay. If you... I know if you read my website, I talk about just how good of a baby she was. And when I look back now, I'm so thankful for that. And I know what God was doing because I didn't know anything about being a mom at 14. Yeah. She just was a godsend. You know, she gave me no troubles. I thought all babies were created this way. (laughs) She was just a, a mommy's girl always next to me, very shy at a young age very good student, a, a people pleaser, a natural people pleaser, and always wanted to make people happy, didn't want to disappoint you. 
as she got older, she became a big sister. And that really was like the role she was meant for. You know, she loved being a big sister. She has five other siblings. Mm-hmm. Between my husband and I, she loved that. She thrived in that. She loved being like the big sister and the caretaker. And if you ever watch like commercials or little, or you watch little memes about like how the oldest child gets it, the middle child really doesn't understand. And then the, the younger child is like lost all the time. Like that's my daughter. Like I could tell her do X, Y, Z or, you know, clean the house this way. And she would know like, no, mom wants it done exactly like this. And the other kids would be like, whatever, you know, she was just like my sidekick. I I just really enjoyed having her with me, you know, for the the brief time that I did have her with me, you know, so, Mm -hmm. but a really good kid. She, and then her becoming an adult was a new journey because parenting adult children and parenting children are very different, you know, so her and I kind of went through that struggle and change and, and it, it was a be- it was a beautiful thing, but we were both learning together. So we just learned a lot together. I learned mm-hmm. how to be a mom with her. I learned what to do, what not to do. She really was my, my teacher in a lot of ways. Well, you go back on your website and you talk even about, you know, the beginning and being 14 years old and being pregnant and the decision to be her mom, right? Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. I had a lot of people tell me that, you know, and for good reason. I I mean, looking back, I, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't give that same advice, you know, but I had a lot of people tell me like, you know, this is a bad thing this can be really bad for you. And this is probably not going to turn out well for either one of you. And a lot of that was because of just where I came from. Both my parents were disabled. They were hearing impaired. And we just lived a a life with um, not as many resources. And my mom Mm -hmm. was just in very troubled relationships. And I was exposed to a lot of things at a young age. And so just given all of those dynamics, and then you add a pregnancy to that, you know, people just were like, Melissa, this is not a good thing. And the I, the irony and all of that, I was and not to say that all young girls who get pregnant are bad girls, but I was a really good kid. So that behavior mm-hmm. was not something that was expected of me. You know, I was a straight A student and, you know, my teachers would come up to me and I even had teachers offer to adopt Alexis and say, you know, we just don't want to see your future, you know, take a different path. And I don't know, Mm -hmm. I felt like the more that I got told that and pressured to make that decision, the stronger, like the voice inside of me said, this is not the right thing to do. Because I did consider Mm -hmm. it, you know, Um, I I mean, I considered everything at that point. And so I was like, you know, I really feel like this is my responsibility. And as much as I can take responsibility at 14, I felt like, this is what I need to do. And I'm going to be a big girl and I'm just going to figure it out. And, and her and I, we, we did, we took on the world and we figured that bad boy out, you know, and you sure did. No, we we did. And, and it was a, it was truly a blessing because having her, I was around people that I could have easily mimicked a very different lifestyle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Having her gave me fear, a healthy fear of like, if I do this, this is what's going to happen. It gave me foresight. It definitely made me mature in a lot of ways. And it cultivated relationships that I would have not normally had. So I met a lot of great people, other moms that would just kind of take me under their wing and could see that like this young girl needs some guidance. So her being in my life opened doors for people to help me. And then as Mm -hmm. I just got older and more mature, I could realized or I had a vision of like, okay, this is the life that I want. So yes, I took a detour. Yes, I am going to have to try that much harder than most people, but I can see what kind of life I want. I know what's healthy, what's not healthy. And then um, I just really protected her as best I could from a lot of those things. And, you know, honestly, it is when people see my life now and and my children they're like and they know where I came from and I'm really kind of I don't want to say sugarcoating it but I came from a very bad background Mm -hmm. when they see where we're at they're like wow you know and I and I and I always say like how do you what do you attribute that to and I said that is all God that is all God 
having his hand on my life and just giving me grace in every situation and really just putting people in front of me to just kind of nudge me like, that's not where you're supposed to go, you know, and having Mm -hmm. that baby in front of me every day, you know, every day I would look at her and I could be, I would tell myself like, I can't, you know, if I wanted to make a bad decision, I couldn't, I could, I didn't have the bandwidth Mm -hmm. to do that. And so her and I just, we grew, we literally grew up together, you know? Yeah. And it is a beautiful, it's, it is a very beautiful bond. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So talk a little bit more about her personality. You said she was kind of a born big sister and she really was. She was, she loved just cuddling with her brothers and sisters. She, she's the sister that would take out trucks and Barbies and play with my kids. Like I never had to say, you know, sometimes you kind of have to prod and plead with your kids, like go play with your brother and sister, you know? And I say that because there was such an age gap. She's five years older than her brother, 10 years older than her sister, 18 years older than the baby that I had four years ago. And I'd never, even up until she passed, I never had to say, Alexis, could you insert the blank? Like she was very natural at it. Like she would tell, um, you know, my youngest daughter, like, do you want to play? Do you want to braid hair? She'd let her draw all over her. You know, she just was very docile in that way, you know, just very mindful of what other people wanted to do. She took great satisfaction in knowing that, okay, even if that's not what I want to do, as long as we're both having fun and spending time, like that's, that's what she wanted to do. You know, like even one year I sent out a group text because my kids are, they're all teenagers now, except for the youngest one. And I said, what do you guys want to do this year? Go on a trip or gift? And Alexis was the first one to respond and said, I want to go on a trip. You know, she was all about mm-hmm. like time and sentimental things. And then, you know, my other ones are like, they had a laundry list of things they wanted, you know, so, and that, that's just her personality. She even, so she passed away on May 1st and Mother's Day was the following weekend. And that weekend I came home after finding everything out and I came home to a bouquet of flowers and um, she had sent me a, um, a bouquet of flowers saying, you know, she, how much she loved me. And, you know, that was, oh my word. Yeah. Oh my word. So amazing. That is who she was, you know. Yeah. 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 Do you want to talk now about what happened to Alexis? Yeah. Yeah. So um, she had been battling with COVID. Well, she got sick last summer Mm -hmm. in July of 2020, and she was admitted to the ICU. She couldn't breathe. Her um, O2 stats were starting to decline and she had to be placed on a CPAP machine. Um, She had sleep apnea, she had a fever and she had strep throat. So she had a lot of things going on and they were just watching her. They admitted her to the ICU because they were worried that they were going to have to intubate her. Long story short, Mm -hmm. they did not, thank God. And um, she went home after almost four weeks in the hospital and she came home on oxygen and she was doing well. She was doing well. We were so thankful she made it out of that. Mm -hmm. There were two other family members in my husband's side of the family or my ex-husband, and they all went to the hospital at the same time. And the other two passed away and Alexis was the only one that made it out. Wow. And this was with COVID, you said? This is with COVID. Yeah. Like they all were admitted within like days of each other. And this was like the peak when it was just really bad here. Because this is summer of 2020 then? Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I remember her calling and then, you know, we can't go there. So she's alone. But luckily, thankfully, she was admitted to the hospital that um, I used to work at. So I knew a lot of people there and they would go check on her, mm-hmm. send pictures, just at least have that human interaction that she very much needed. Yeah, because she was young. I mean, how old was she? 21. She was seeing her birds like pass away. And so she's seeing that she's thinking that's going to happen to her. And, you know, I just, I would call her every night. I would pray with her and I would say, you know, you're going to be fine. We would do deep breathing exercises. And, um, you know, the nurses were very thankful. They were like, you know, mom, you're doing a good job because, you know, they they couldn't really be in the rooms a lot. They were just kind of in and out and 
just awful, awful time. And um, I remember praying to God at that time. And I just said, Lord, and I have never said a prayer like this, Marcy. I, I've, I've never even thought like this. You know, I have always kind of had the thought that God has given me my children. They are mine. And I will make mm-hmm. sure that I love them and protect them while they're here. I never thought of my kids as not my own. And when she got sick, I don't know why I had this prayer, but I got on my knees and it had been a long time since I've prayed like that. Like I literally got on my knees and I said, God, this is not my baby. This is your baby and your will be done. Your will be done. I don't even know what to pray for and ask for. I just know that your will be done. Yeah. Wow. And if it is your will to take her, then give me the strength to deal with whatever comes my way, because I don't know what's going on. And in my head, and I, and, and I'm telling you, Marcy, I would never pray a prayer like that, too, because I, I just, yeah. I, you know, you know, I was surrendering, I guess, is the, the term I would, I was surrendering. I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on. But rather than try to be in control, because that's very much my personality, I just gave it to God. Wow. But thankfully, she came home, she was on oxygen, you know, the doctor said, you know, and she thought she'd always been like a heavier girl. Mm-hmm. The doctor said, you know, just work on, you know, healthy habits, you do have sleep apnea, you need to be on a, a CPAP machine, lungs look good, lungs look really good, you know, you just need to build up tolerance to do activities again, because even just like walking was very difficult for her, she'd get out of breath. And, yeah, and she was doing that, we got to a point Uh, Marcy, where we were swimming together. I have a video of us going to the gym and we were doing laps in the pool. So like she built back up to like normal life, if you will. So um, that was the summer. Then come like January, February, she told me that she wanted to move to Iowa. (laughs) And I, I just kind of like scratched my head. I went, I I don't know what's in Iowa. Like, why would you want to move to Iowa? It's my home state, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) I doubt she knew that. (laughs) And I just, I went, okay. So so my sister lives there. My sister lives there. My sister lives in a small town called uh, Clorinda is a small town. Um, Yeah, I know that town. Okay. Okay. So um, she, so she lives in that area. And so my sister and my daughter were talking and they were like, yeah, um, come out here. Cause my daughter just felt like Phoenix. She wasn't thriving in Phoenix, you know, and she was a young girl who seen her mom just kind of go through life and just make it out great on the other side. And she was just trying to blaze her own trail, you know, mm-hmm. I don't feel like Alexis felt like she could do that here. And I said, well, you know, you're 22. You can do pretty much whatever you want to do. I mean, I'll give you guidance, but I can't stop you. And I said, if you feel like Iowa is where you need to go, then um, I support that. So she gets to Iowa and her and my sister hadn't seen each other in over 10 years, at least. Um, My Mm -hmm. sister, had she had gone through a rough patch in her life, but she's doing much better now. You know, she told my daughter, like, I would love for you to come out here. It would be very healing and therapeutic for me too, you know, and I'll help you get Mm -hmm. started wherever you need to do. So they did. So, um, and they were, they would call me like every day they were having coffee and enjoying country life and (laughs) going to Amish grocery store. So it was very different. That's a really rural area for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Way different than Phoenix. <laughs> yes. And yeah, and I would laugh. I'd be like, okay. And and she was like, Mom, it and it was February, so she was kind of seeing winter turn into spring uh, and she just loved that, you know. And and she's like, I, I found a job at a nursing home because she was a pharmacy tech and, and she didn't have a vehicle, so everything's pretty far from where she's at. So she's like, I'm gonna take a job at a nursing home here and then, you know, I'll save up money and then, and then I can take an assignment a little bit farther out, out of town. And I, I said, okay, you know, I just, I, at this point, Marcy, what I had learned having an adult child is that you can only guide them so much, right? And at mm-hmm. some point you got to let go of the reins and just let them go. And you hope that everything that you have said and taught and cried over and, you know, that they just somehow listen to that voice in the back of their head. Mm-hmm. And she did. She did. And so I just I had to let go of what my image of perfect was for her and let her 
do that on her own, you know? And I was like, you know, Melissa, I'd be like, you didn't do everything perfectly either. Let her figure out life, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what she was doing in Iowa, figuring out life. <laughs> so, but she, I will tell you, she was at an extreme amount of peace. I do feel her being in Phoenix was stressful at times because it's mm-hmm. just a very, it, it, it's, I mean, we're not like, you know, an LA or a New York, but we're, you know, we can be, we've gotten a lot more busier, if you will. And um, I just think she wanted something a little more peaceful yeah. and slower, you know. And Iowa is that? Yes. I can say that as an I one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and she she just really enjoyed she enjoyed her walks. She enjoyed seeing the the sunset and just everything that the environment provided for her that she was not able to get here in a healing sense. Like she would tell me, like, Mom, I'm just so happy out here. I'll, I'll never come back to Phoenix. And I was like, I never thought I would hear her say that. You know, mm-hmm. I said okay. <laughs> you know, but she you could tell she's at a very good place very peaceful. I remember calling her. So I talked to her the night before she passed away. And um, I was in the living room with my four year old. And I said, um, who do you want to call? And I because I was I was by myself. And I wanted to talk to my girls. And, and, and honestly, her leaving out of state really kind of changed the dynamics of the kids because she would come over and visit. She never she didn't live with me, but she'd come over and then everyone would come over and you know, we'd be this little family again. So when she left, it still was, it was just very different for us. I was having a night where I was like, man, I just miss my kids. <laughs> you know, I miss that. Like they're getting older and, you know, they're busy and they don't want me anymore, you know? And um, I, I asked my four-year-old, I said, who do you want to talk to? You want to talk to um, Lizzie or do you want to talk to um, Lexi? And he goes, Lexi. And I said, okay. And I honestly, I take that as a sign that God said, like, I just know God, God has been in control this whole time, you know? And um, I said, okay, so I called her and we FaceTimed. We were laughing and just, cause that, that is her personality. She always likes to poke fun of me and vice versa. And we're just, we're very playful that way. Mm-hmm. We were, we were laughing so hard, Marcy, that Normally, like I would, I, I was taking screenshots of our um, conversation and I would not do that. I don't know why I did that. And I was like, this is just hilarious what we're doing. And you had to have been on the phone call to like really get, enjoy that. But like, if I showed you a screenshot, you'd be like, okay, <laughs> you know, but the conversation <laughs> was just, we were just laughing and I uncontrollably, I had got, I got my um, youngest daughter on the phone too. So it was the three of us and we were just laughing and, and I said, you know, I love you, Lexi. I'll see you. I'll, I'll, I'll call you tomorrow. And she goes, okay, <clears throat> love you. And then that was it. So I, the next day I, I'm at the gym and I get a call from my sister. My sister never calls me. She's more of like a texter. Yeah. So when she called me, I just got this feeling of like, this is not good. I, I don't know. And I, and I don't know why I just got this feeling of like, this is not yeah. good, you know? And um, I pick up the phone and she's hysterical and she's like, Melissa, it's Alexis. And in my head right away, I'm like, she must've been in an accident or something. Right, and right, she's right, like, right. no, she, she passed. She goes, she's dead. And I go, what do you mean she's dead? And she goes, she's not breathing. So I'm like, <laughs> and so I'm in the gym and in, in, in a room full of people trying to hold my composure. And I said, put me on FaceTime, put me on FaceTime. I, w- I want to see what you're talking about because in my head, I went to, okay, she, she might not be breathing, but maybe she just stopped breathing. Maybe you don't know how to do CPR. Do you, you know, I, I just start going, my brain just starts going in a different direction. And she goes, so she puts me on FaceTime and um, I see my daughter and my daughter's like kind of slumped over. And I, I just knew I've seen that face. I've worked in a level one trauma facility for many years. And I know what that face looks like. And I just went, what? what is going on here? And um, she goes, I don't know. I, I walked in and, and I, I found her like this. I said, well, did you call 911? Why are you calling me? Like, did you call 911? And she's like, I did call 911. She's like, but again, they live so remote that it was going to yeah, take at least right. 15, yeah, 15, 20 minutes for someone to get out there. They finally did. You know, one of the things that I had shared with Jerry on, on his podcast is like, I, my sister was FaceTiming me, just like how you and I are on a call. I see my sister like looking at the EMT and she's like, oh, they're here. And I see her like kind of look over and I could see this like look of like hope, like maybe, maybe something's going to happen, you know, when they get here. Right, right. 
And then I could hear the EMT lady say, no, we need to call the coroner. And then I could see my, so I heard that. And then I saw my sister's face just like, you know, be very heartbroken. And I just, I just knew like, okay, this is, this is it. So I, I was in utter shock. I have never, with all the things that I've gone through in my life, I've never been dealt a blow like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. I just knew I needed to get out there. And yeah. so I get out yep. there. I arranged everything with my kids and my job. And I said, I don't know when I'm coming back and I'll let you know when I get my life together. <laughs> you know, I said, so I got on a plane the next morning. Um, my friend went with me. Thank God that, and I'll tell you about that. That was a godsend too, because I just, I was so numb and I don't want to say erratic, but just kind of going through the motions where you can't do anything, you know, no, I couldn't no. do my hair. I mean, it was like, no. I could not literally comb my hair. It was, no. yeah. It's paralyzing, that kind of news. It is literally paralyzing. So I, I get to Iowa, and or I get to Nebraska, because that's the nearest airport. I went to Omaha, and then I drove to Iowa. And I talked to my sister, and I'm like, what happened? And she's like, we all went to bed. And that, and by 10 o'clock, she had not come down. We had plans to garden. I knocked on the, or I knocked on the door or she said, no, sorry. She did not knock on the door. She waited because usually my daughter would come down and nothing had happened yet. And so she said, well, we were going to garden. I figured maybe she's sleeping in. I'm going to go get the gardening stuff. I'm going to come back. And by the, she goes, and by the time I came back, it has now been like 1231 o'clock. She definitely should be down by now. She goes, then I went to knock on the door and like, I got no response. I pushed the door open. I saw that she had been slumped over. So she goes, I I found her like that. So the sheriff's office didn't see any type of, you know, paraphernalia. They didn't see any, anybody, any evidence of anyone trying to harm her or self-harm. And he goes, I really think she just passed away in her sleep. He goes, but again, because of her age and how we found her, we're going to have to send her to, you know, get an autopsy. And I said, okay. So now I'm in Iowa in this tiny town with my friends all by myself. Cause I had to, I can obviously not going to take my whole family with me. I'm in front of my sister who I also haven't seen in over a decade physically. And so there's just, there's just a lot going on, you know, I'm just trying to process everything. And one of the things Marcy that like I was telling my husband that I just don't, I don't know if people are aware of, and I'll, I'll explain it to you, but like just everything that you go through when someone passes away and not only is the news shattering, but then it's like everything that follows a coroner talking to you, the news you get, right? Every single time it, it's just like a shock to your, you know, total emotional, physical, mental state. Then having to talk to a mortuary, having to be introduced to a funeral director, getting a death certificate in the mail, getting mail afterwards, you know, just all the things that like remind you this event took place, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and then every time it it, it literally like opens your heart up again. So Mm -hmm. I'm talking to the corner and and I can't even like get a word out, you know, like I, I'm, I'm just a mess. And, um, they call me and they, they said basically the cause of death was heart. She had a lethal cardiac arrhythmia and they attributed it to her sleep apnea that she basically went into a very deep sleep and that her um, heart slowed down so slow that she just wasn't able to kick herself out of it. One of the things that came out of this and, you know, it's very difficult for me to talk about is that her heart weighed 710 grams which is mm-hmm. double the size of a human heart. And she's never had a heart problem. She's not ne- like that. She's been a healthy girl her whole life, you know, yeah. and four weeks yeah. prior to that, she had her first COVID vaccine. So there was, there's just a lot in leading up to her death where I just, I don't want to, I don't want to place blame. I'm not telling people what to do. I'm not advocating one way or the other, but I just, I struggle with that, you know, I struggle with like, if that had not taken place, you know, it's just so hard to know, right? When you don't have an yeah. answer, you just so desperately want an answer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what's really difficult when there just isn't a great answer other than the fact that we know she has sleep apnea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That. 
So that on top of, you know, a, a new event taking place, i.e. her vaccine and, and just, I don't know, I don't know. I, so, but that's not the point, but those were just things that came about, you know, and I just went, mm-hmm. man, I, I cannot believe this is my reality right now. You know, how does a healthy 22 year old girl and lots of people have sleep apnea and they go the, their whole life managing it, you know, and, and this is what takes her out. You know, I, I, yeah. I really struggled with that. Um, and I still do. So hard. So sad. Yeah. But I will say I am extremely thankful of all the ways that one can go to heaven, that that is the way that she went. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. she didn't suffer. She literally said, I love you. And she would say, you know. Yeah. She would yeah. Say, oh. That's like one of the things that I am, if you can thank God for a lot, I'm so thankful that he gave me that opportunity to like talk to her and that she got to talk to me. And that you had such an amazing conversation too. Amazing conversation and that we got to say, I love you. Those were my last words to her, you know, because I, I have met other parents that didn't get that opportunity or are suffering a loss in a very different way. And uh, for that to be how that, story ended yeah I am so thankful for that you know and it gives me great teeth you know to know that she just kind of slipped away mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and I and you know what I one of the things I told Jerry in his podcast is like I think everyone wants to go that way <laughs> you know yeah. if if you could choose you know I was like oh. I, everyone would have left to just look their eyes and go that way you know and, and my daughter was gifted that gift you know and so for that I'm I'm super thankful, you know? Yeah. But the fact that she was so young is makes it so hard still. So hard. So mm-hmm. hard. So hard. So that was her cause of, of death. Yeah. So now you, you know, you plan a funeral and you're just dealing with things that you don't want to deal with, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Like I've told my friends, I, I planned an entire event that I wanted nothing, absolutely nothing to do with, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you talk about your child, the loss of your child, and how do you honor them in a way that you want that you want their exit to be beautiful, but you're still grasping with that, you know? And it's uh, yes. so, <clears throat> yeah. So, and everything happened very fast. She passed away on the 5th and she was buried on the 15th, you know? And then we had to fly her back here and. So and just all those things, you know, like I said, every time you're dealing with it, it's just a reality of like, this is this event took place in your life, you know, but I will say God has just been really, really, really good to me in all of this. He has given me grace and a peace that I, I can't even begin to articulate to you. Yeah. When I was talking to my friend, I have a really good friend and I was asking her like, you know, what do I do? And and uh, one of the things that she said was, I really think that you should tell everyone your story. And those that know me, well, they know my story. I, I have shared it in great detail about that. But those that just kind of know me in passing, all they know is that I was just a young mom and I'm okay. You know, yeah. my kids are okay. <laughs> so uh, one of the beautiful things that we did is at her funeral, I had dictated a 32 page eulogy. It was a beautiful eulogy. And we just talked about her life, how she came to me, how we grew up together, how I met her, my ex-husband, and how good he was to her and the family we started, how I met my second husband and how life just evolved for us and the blended family. And we just talked about like all of the big monuments in our life that she was like the cornerstone of, you know, and how she affected everybody. You know, she was my maid of honor in my second wedding. Like we didn't have a big wedding the second time. We just had, you know, a small group of people and our kids were our bridesmaid and our groomsmen. And, you know, she, she just was an intricate part of so many things. And one of the things that I had shared with her a long time ago is I said, you know, you're going to be the matriarch of our family. And she had never heard that word before. And she goes, well, what is that? And I said, you, my dear, are going to be the one that everybody runs to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, she still is. 
to the one yeah. I run to, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but when I, um, when I shared that story, Marcy, I, um, I did not realize how powerful it was. And there were so many people that were like thankful for that. They, they did not know. They were just amazed that a, the story, they didn't, they didn't realize like where we had come from and they just didn't realize mm-hmm. like how good God has been to us. And that's really when I knew like, okay, I don't want to go the rest of my life talking about my daughter who has passed away and then that's it. I will go the rest of my life and talk about who my daughter was, what she did while she was here, but more importantly, like what God is doing in our life and helping us survive, you know? And I remember being like so desperate to listen to something pleasant after the few days um, that she had passed away, like going back to work, you know? And I had Googled podcasts for grieving parents, or I can't remember what I put in my search field. Mm-hmm. And then you came up mm-hmm. and I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to listen. And, and I, I prayed about what I was going to listen to. And I said, okay, God, I don't want to just pick any episode because I was afraid that if I listened to the wrong episode, I would be turned off. Yeah. So I prayed and I go, okay, which one do you want me to listen to? And I believe it's Isaac's mom. Cause she's in Arizona. Is it Isaac's mom? I, I know Ivan. you've done quite a few. Ivan's mom. Ivan. Yes. I, Ivan. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I listened to that and I just was like, wow. You know, and, and that was by prayer. I, I just picked that one. I did not know she was here. And then I, I went home and I told my husband like, Oh my God, you got to listen to this story. So then I started listening to more and I really got some good tools out of your podcast. Like one lady um, said, you know, if I could give any advice, go seek help, go get, go into a group, a grief class or go get counseling. And that's one mm-hmm. of the things that I, I started to do right away. I just finished my 13 week class and, and that's been very helpful and also very humbling too. Like I, I am super thankful I'm not alone in this journey, that there are other people that know exactly how I feel they want mm-hmm. to also provide help in a platform so that that's comforting and then also like not that you should compare loss to loss but it just makes me thankful for my journey right like I when I, I hear know. other people <laughs> yeah it's so funny it's so kind of weird to think about that way yeah because I've yeah. been to these grief support groups and we share our stories with each other and yeah. it's, it's funny because like we were, it was for couples. And so Eric and I would go and like, oh, I'm so glad we weren't those people. Right. I mean, I yeah. like that would have been so much worse. And yet I had the same people that are in group with me thinking that that my loss was the worst loss. Right. And, and that because you just know what you know. Yeah. Right. You know what you know. And this is what I live and this is how I did it. And I can't imagine having to watch my child suffer and die. And to me, that sounds just horrible and like worse than what I had to deal with. And then those same people would come to me and say, oh, I was so thankful I got to say goodbye. I got to see this thing. Yours was totally out of the blue. I can't even imagine. So it's that we're not comparing each other like mine's worse than yours, but it's almost the other way. Like, oh, I'm just thankful that that wasn't me too right? That that didn't happen to me. And yeah, uh, because you know what you have experienced. And I am thankful that I haven't had to do all of it. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I, I totally agree. And and not not only the stories, but also just like the healing journey, like you talked a lot in your podcast about witnessing other parents being stuck. Mm -hmm. When, When I first heard that, and I'm still new in my journey, but this was probably less than 30 days after it had happened. I just remember you saying that. And I was like, I don't want to be stuck. I know. You know, and I'm like, but in my head, you know, because I talked to myself a lot. I'm like, I think it's okay if I feel stuck, just don't stay Mm -hmm. stuck, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you, you had shared a lot. Like, so I just, I listened to you a lot, Marcy, believe it or not, when you were talking about your parents and how they got sick and you felt like you had paid your dues and yeah. Why would this, and that's how I felt. I'm like, has this not been enough in my life already? Like I have lost both my parents. I can give you a long list of things that I have gone through. And now you want to take my oldest baby? Like what, 
what else do you want from me? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And then I realized like, it's not about me. It, it is way past me. It is actually way past my daughter. And I'll never understand the full realm of what God does and what he doesn't do, you know, and it's not for me to question, but I do see the beauty and the healing that comes from it and the lives that have been affected. And, you know, one of the things that I shared, you know, with my close friends is like, we believe if you're a Christian, you believe that, you know, we're all supposed to go to heaven if you believe in God and mm-hmm. you, you, you know, you, you claim that you believe in God and all the other things that go along with that. And I said, if my daughter passing, your son passing, whoever passing means that one person now has faith and accepts God as his savior, then it is all worth it. My suffering is then all worth it because then in the end, that is the life that we need to be worried about living, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not happy about that journey by any means, you know? I, I don't, I, you wouldn't see me signing up for this type of suffering, like, okay, Lord, you know? But I do believe that there's a bigger picture and journey for all of us, you know? Uh, one of the moms that I talked to, she said something so perfect. She said, God's plan is perfect. I just don't have to like it. Right. And I don't like it. (laughs) No, and I go, you know what? I don't, but it is perfect. And by acknowledging that it's perfect, you're you're saying, I know that you know why this needed to happen, but that doesn't mean that me on this earth, that I'm okay with it. I'll ever be okay with it. I just need you to give me grace and help me heal. Right. Because I have other kids that I need to be a good mommy to. I have a husband that I need to be a good wife to. You know, I don't want to walk around like what you said, being stuck or being this fracture of a person. Mm-hmm. I just feel like there's there's more in this life that is needed of me, um, even though I am now less one person that I brought into this world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you're right. I like what you said is you might feel stuck, but you just don't want to actually stay that way. And I, I've used this analogy a lot that that you, you know, you're on this long, winding, dark path through the forest, and it continues to look the same. You look forward, and it continues to look the same. And it looks like you haven't made any progress until you turn around. And you look behind you, and you realize, wow, there's a lot more behind me than there used to be. Things are different. Even though looking ahead, it looks sort of the same a lot has gone past. And so we are getting further and making progress. And no, we totally are. And and I don't know about you, but I will tell you, and this is what some of the things that have come up in in grief class. It's like, I am way more patient now than I probably have ever been in my life. I never know what someone is going through, you know, when they're being short, or even a jerk to me, I, you know, I just think to myself, like, I I remember going to the airport in shambles. And if someone had would have expected anything more than what I was able to give, I probably would have lost it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so what I think I have learned in all of this is just be patient and try to give extend grace, you know, because you just truly don't know what people are going through. And Mm -hmm. that little bit of human kindness and understanding goes, a long way. Mm-hmm. I've thought that so many times. Yeah. It was such a revelation yeah. to me one time when I was shopping in a store. And I would whenever I went out shopping in a store, and I would see families with three kids, I would always get insanely jealous of their yeah. whole family. Until I had the revelation one day that I don't know there, that there weren't four. I yeah. don't know that there weren't five. Yeah. I have no idea that, that if that's a whole family or not a whole family. Because you know yeah. what? From the outside, when I'm walking around the store with my kids and my husband, mm-hmm. I look like a whole family, but I'm not. Yeah. So yeah. it was just, it was a profound thought to me. And I look at the world in an entirely different way now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. And and I, I judge less. I'm not to say that I don't have moments where I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, sure. You know, but, but I, 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 I try to judge less. I pray more. I cry more. I am more tenderhearted than I have ever been in my life. I am a totally different person in a good way. I will say, honestly, in a good way, it has brought me 
loss has definitely brought me closer to God, closer to my family. I started setting very firm deadlines with myself. Like I need to leave the office by, you know, 4.30 because I deserve to be home at this time. I no longer will. And that doesn't mean I don't have late days, but I have just, I guess this loss, and I, it's sad that it took a loss for me to get to this point, but it really just opened my eyes to like, what is important? Where do I want to spend my time? You know, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, it's with my family and it's, and it's in this healing journey right now for me. This season is about healing and just spending time with my family. You know, work will be secondary, but that doesn't mean I give less at work. I just set firm boundaries and say, you know what, this is what I need. And, and being able to articulate that is, is, and advocate for myself is really what, what I have learned. Like, okay, I need to set boundaries with those around me too. And and that was a struggle going back to work in itself. You know, just people forget, people forget that you have experienced a life altering event like that. You might look okay on the outside and they have no idea that, you know, you just Close the door two minutes ago to just gather your, yourself you know mm-hmm. it is amazing to me like the moms that go back to work or the dads that go back to work dual personalities that we have to play because like I mm-hmm. when I'm here I am present and I, I want to be everything that I that my staff need me to be or you know see people around me but then when I leave I am just this really sad mom in her car you know that like yeah this is her daughter you know? Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard and it's hard to try to keep those things separate. And I'm glad that you're feeling like your relationship with God is closer because not everyone feels that way. Certainly, you know, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I heard a lot of that in my grief class, like people upset with God and people questioning God and you know, even the lady that led it, led the, the grief class was like, you know, it's okay to question God. And I just, I don't know. I see, this is what I took from all of this, Marcy, when I was driving in Iowa. And mm-hmm. there, there was probably like a 15 mile drive. And all I saw were like fields and lots of fields. Yep. <laughs> yeah, lots of cornfields. Lots mm-hmm. of cornfields. I'll share this story with you. So, I went, like when I went to go view my daughter, I prayed a lot that the night before and I had like a lot of anxiety. I told myself like, I don't know if I can see my daughter like this. I don't know if I want to see my daughter like this. I I, I don't know, you know? And um, yeah. I had called my friend and my friend was like, think about if it's the right decision for you. I'm not telling you what to do, but if, this is what you want to do. Just know you're, you are purposely going to see this and you won't be able to unsee what you see. And if it's mm-hmm. for you, great. And if it's not, it's okay to say it's not, you know? And, and she just left it at that. She was just think about it. It's different if your child dies in your arms or, you know, that. So she was just kind of like laying it all out for me, like really have a logical thought of what you want to do, you know? And I said, okay, I'm going to think about it. So I did. And I prayed and I said, God, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. I I, I just kept saying, I don't know. I don't know. So I woke Mm -hmm. up and I had a scripture on my phone because I have the Bible app and I had took a screenshot of it. And the scripture for the day was God will help those who ask for help. It was very simple. Wow. God will ask those who ask for help. And I just went, okay. You know, I said that that is my sign. I'm going to not yeah. see my daughter. I saw her. I saw enough to know when I was talking to my sister originally, that vision is in my head. So I don't want to see her, you know. Mm-hmm. So that morning, I actually had this extreme amount of peace with me. And we went to the funeral home and the lady was super nice, by the way. And because it is a small town, she happened to be the EMT who found my daughter so she yeah. was just kind of there for like the whole process and we get there and she, I opened the door, Mercy, and like she was already in tears and it kind of like took me back a little bit. because Like I, I understood like everyone was yeah. sad, but I was like, I wasn't expecting a crying reaction from her, you know, and she was mm-hmm. like, I'm really sorry. I'm very apologetic. Like, I'm really sorry. She's like, I just wanted to let you know that I was there. And I said, no, I know. Cause she, cause her and I had been texting, you know. 
Yeah. And she goes, we tried to really clean your daughter up very well. She's like, but I just want to let you know, like, it looked really bad. And without skipping a beat, I don't even think it was me talking. Honestly, I felt like it was an out-of-body experience. I just said, that's okay, because I'm not here to see her. And my God told me that already. God told me that this was not for me today. She like, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't expecting that. And I'm like, I wasn't expecting to tell you that it just came out of me. And I said, bye, you know, my sister and my aunt are here with me. They would love to see her. I'm okay if they see her, but I'm going to stay out of that room. I'm just going to take care of paperwork and get my baby back home. And she goes, okay, we had a different conversation. And, and basically the reason why my daughter didn't look good is because they presume because they can't tell me what time but I think she finally took her last breath maybe around 3 a.m and they didn't Mm -hmm. find her until like one in the afternoon so by the time like although she looked like she looked fine and I say fine in quotations like when I saw her on the, the video you know she didn't have any like traumatic injuries but by the time your body decomposes for that amount of time and then the autopsy it just really was very traumatic to the body and um she just didn't look the same yeah so anywho um she she was very apologetic and she just felt bad for me she wanted me to see like my baby and she knew that that's not what I was seeing I pulled her aside and I said well can I show you something I would love to show you a picture of my daughter and she was like oh my god yes and I showed her a picture of my daughter and I said this is my baby she was she was Melissa that is not who was in that room and thank you for showing me that picture because I just knew as a mom, she's like, I have a mom, I have a daughter that's the same age. And I she's like, I just can't even imagine what you're feeling right now, you know? And I said, well, I will tell you that I know that that's just her body, you know, and um, she's in a better place, but this is my baby. I mean, she, and so, so that gave her peace, you know? And then when I was leaving, that's what I wanted to share with you. When I was leaving, I was driving through these hills and I just kept praying and I felt God gave me this message and he said to me do you see these fields and in my head I'm like yep I see these fields and he goes he goes these were fields look at these fields that they're like battlegrounds and I'm like yep I see that there could be like a battleground here you know and he goes you're very equipped for this battle you are very equipped for this battle in fact you can very well fight this battle but you don't know the aftermath of this battle and there is a reason why I fight some of these battles for you so I just want you to drive and let me fight your battles. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? So I yeah. just took that as like, okay, you know, I didn't need to see her. I talked to her. I told her I loved her. You know, one day I will, I will absolutely see her again. You know, I believe that. And, yeah. and that Marcy is why I'm so close to God because I know he doesn't want to hurt me. And he shared that with me. You know, I, I've spent a lot of time praying and, and he'll say little things to me. You know, he said, like, I know how you feel. I gave my only son. I know exactly how you feel, you know. And and the more that I am in tune with that and I pray and I have that alone time, I just, I find more comfort drawing near to him than being angry. And I have a lot of reasons be angry but it's funny that you say this now because i i was recently interviewed on a podcast the place is called spiritual consultants and the podcast is called the healing begins podcast and i was interviewed by a, a pastor and then he wanted me to come in to kind of work on some spiritual healing for myself personally so i went back recently and he he prayed that i could have a conversation with god and with Jesus and I, and I feel like I did. I feel like I did too, just like you did. And I feel like all that he kept saying to me was, I have never left you. Yeah. I know you feel like I have left you, but I haven't. I have never left you and I never will leave you. And it really brought so much comfort and healing to me because there are times when I feel like I'm just alone. Yeah. Right? Like I've been a little abandoned. I get angry with God. I get angry with what's happening and I feel let down and abandoned. But to just have those words come to me, I have never left you. 
and I will never leave you. Yeah. It was very life changing to me. Oh, that makes me happy to hear that. That does. Yeah. And I and I believe that, Marcy. I I believe when we do the work, and you've had so many people on your podcast talk about how hard it is to do the work, you know, of digging yeah. deep in those emotions, and it, it's raw and it's uncomfortable. But I feel like when we get deep enough and intimate enough with ourselves, that you will really find that true healing. Mm-hmm. It just, it takes time. I was just going to say, it takes a lot of time because neither one of us are there yet. No. Right? no neither no, one no. of us are there yet. But no. we are, we are on our way. Absolutely. Our way. Absolutely. And when he, and when he shares those things with me that are, they're very profound. I, I, I basically just go, how can I be mad at that? How can I be mad at a God that is telling me he will fight my battles for me? I know that he loves me. I don't understand what is going on right now. It is way past my comprehension and rather than question it I just stay focused in today and and I think you have even spoken to that like just the task at hand focus on the moment you know I can't if I go too far forward I get you know very anxious if I go too far back I actually get very sad because then I'm like it's been five months and been sick you know or you've had guests the other day David's mom 22 years and I'm like I just those are benchmarks I don't look forward to, you know, right. but I, I, so yeah. I focus back on, okay, what is today? What am I looking forward to today? Going on vacation with my family, with my four babies that are healthy, alive and well and making memories. That's what I got to focus on today, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's hard too, because it can be, you know, I told my husband, I, I had a very bad week a couple weeks ago and I said, I can see how people end their life. I can see it. I go, I don't want to end my life. I'm not saying that. I said, but I can see how this sadness just consumes people. It can be so overwhelming. Yeah. So overwhelming. And I said, okay. And then I have to like reset, you know, I have to reset. So it, it comes in waves, Marcy. And when it does, I just, that's when I get really deep, deep in prayer, you know, but I'll tell you, God has been so good to me. I have the blog and the website, you know, and that's yeah. been very therapeutic. I, I update that weekly. Mm-hmm. I go to church and I pray and I tell people what that is so that they can find you. It's alexismom.com and it's just A-L-E-X-I-S-mom.com. Mm-hmm. But you can read about our story. You can read about who Alexis was. You can see some pictures. And then weekly, we um, I update the blog. And, you know, I just talk about what's on my heart for that week. And, you know, um, a lot of it, I just wait to see. Like, I kind of do a spinoff of what the, the lesson is in church, you know. And I try to apply that to where I'm at in my grief journey. And um, I'll tell you, it's been it's been very therapeutic. That has been very helpful for me um, yes. to just kind of... Mm-hmm have a, a safe place where I can um, express those feelings. Kind of like what somebody I, I've learned, I've heard, learned so much on your podcast, but someone has said <laughs> something like, you know, you see these Facebook pages and it's already happening. Like my daughter has a Facebook page and it's dormant now, right? Because people have yeah. forgotten and people moved on. And so one of the things that I did is I said, okay, I'm going to create this new place where we're going to talk about the new journey. What is that new journey? But it's Alexis's journey. I'm obviously her mom. And just like how you're always Andy's mom, I am going to always be Alexis's mom, you know, and yeah. I'm not going to let that memory fade away and die. And I'm going to let this journey be something that is a new birth and exciting and just take people along the ride with me. And, and really, I want people to know, if anything, that yes, life happens. And sometimes life is awful. But there are other people that are going through the same thing that you're going through, if not worse, that want to pull you through their journey too and help if I can do that. You know, I'm not saying I'm there completely, but if even my one post gives somebody a little bit of hope for the day, you know, I I, I will be thankful for that because that's yeah. the work that I know God wants me to do. Just like in it. And I and thank you for doing your podcast because you have brought me through so many days where I'm like okay, I, I got to get it together. Or or I'll be like, yeah, that is exactly how I'm feeling. Lord, thank God someone else knows how I'm feeling, you know? <laughs> well, thank you so much for all you're doing. So you, you have done, you're doing great work there. 
<laughs> well, and I love your webpage I, and your blog. I think it's beautiful. I really have enjoyed it. And I've enjoyed getting to uh, know Alexis a little bit through that. Yeah, a little bit, even yeah. more than what you were able to talk about here. So thank you again yeah. for being a guest. And thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you, Marcy. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. We are always looking for new show ideas. If you'd like to be a guest, know someone who'd be a great guest, or have a show idea, please email us at marcy at andysmom.com. Be sure to visit the webpage, andysmom.com, for more content, including Marcy's blog. There you can also sign up to receive updates via email. Together, let's work to inspire hope, one day at a time.